0: Hey, queens! Welcome to the Sister Circle Podcast, a podcast dedicated to providing candid conversations, information, and resources regarding women's health, mental health, motherhood, and wellness. And I am your homegirl and host, Faith Alarive. So go ahead and get comfortable, queen. Let's dig in. What's going on, queen? All is well in my sphere. It's interesting, actually. I I don't know that all is well. For the last six months, I think that I have questioned my mortality more than I I ever have. Yesterday, I got the news that a a friend from home um, passed away unexpectedly. And, you know, um, prior to that, I also had one of my best friends to pass away as well. um, Not too long ago. And so I say all of this to say that you know, tomorrow just isn't promised to anyone. So it just has me thinking just a lot more about the space that I want to take up in the world, the impact that I would like to have and the legacy that I I will leave behind. You know, I think that in, in one's passing, Like, ultimately, we become a collection of the stories that others tell about us, right? In our absence, right? And so I think about the stories that I still have yet to be told about me, um, that therefore ties into, like, my legacy that I would like to leave behind. And, you know, now I guess I feel a a greater sense of, of just awareness, you know what I mean? About how to show up and to be more present in your everyday, I've been working with my therapist on like, you know, having like some small kind of bite-sized goals. And, you know, one of those consistent goals that I have for myself is to be more present. I think that anxiety is angst and thinking about the future, right? Um, And kind of being stuck in the future, whereas, you know, being grounded and present is being present in the moment. And, you know, here I was, I was, you know, I still am, you know, in my fourth trimester, uh, which is postpartum, right? And I need to be more gentle with myself. I need to, you know, be able to be more present for the googly eyes and, you know, the the baby cooing um, as opposed to being on my phone or thinking about, you know, three, four months ahead and, you know, what the future holds and stuff. So Nevertheless, um, you know, just checking in with myself, I think that I, I'm doing good overall. But I think that yesterday and the learning of my girlfriend's passing, you know, it's saddening. But nevertheless, I think that um, what makes me feel better about, you know, just life happening is the fact that I have taken control of my mental health, right? Um, And so what I would like to share with you all today are essentially five steps to take control of your mental health. Um, We have heard from, you know, some experts. We heard from my old roommate, Madi Guzman, who was really dropping some gems about creating a toolkit or toolbox, right? Um... For mental wellness. We've heard from Latoya, um, Latoya D, the analog girl, and she shares her story um, with regards to anxiety and depersonalization. Shout out to that queen for sharing her story and owning that shit. And it's just so, you know, authentic and fabulous in her own way. And, you know, we also heard from Dr. Danielle Simmons, who, you know, was dropping gems as it relates to the pursuit of healing from generational trauma. Um, So all of that being said, I wanted to, you know, make sure that I kind of tied everything together, um, and shared some, some actionable tools. Cause I think that out of anything that I would want to do or would want to come from the podcast is that I want folks to walk away feeling like, Hey, they've learned something new. They've been educated on a particular topic, but also I want folks to walk away feeling like they have some incredible tools and resources that they can use in their everyday life. So, that being said, the first step is number 1 recognizing that your mental health it needs to be a priority. It does not matter if you are feeling on top of the world, right? That you feel like you got all your shit together, etc. cetera, but your mental health, it needs to be a priority. And so with that being said, I think that some of the subsequent actions to take place um, kind of feed in directly to that. What I will also say is that you do not have to be in the middle of a crisis in order for your mental health to be a priority, Mental health should always be a priority. They say that your health is your wealth. If you ain't got your mind, then what have you got, right? And your mind, it basically, it influences everything else in your body, how you show up, how you experience pain, how you experience life, or how you do not. And so I would say that the next step would definitely be to create like a wellness practice. So I talk a lot about having a toolkit of skills and, you know, different types of things that you can pull out um, at different phases of your life. Right. That allow you to be, you know, well, and what does that look like? Right. Right. So maybe that's mindfulness or practicing stillness. You know, um, one of the things that Maddie was talking about in the last episode was taking a, a mindfulness walk, right? No headphones, not listening to music, not on your phone, on, you know, Snapchat, taking pictures or scrolling on Instagram or checking to see what so-and-so said in this Facebook group, but like literally walking and and taking in. Nature, You know, listening to the birds chirp or, you know, counting your steps as you walk or waving to the neighbor that's across the street or, you know, listening to the wind blow to the birds chirping, but just really practicing mindfulness, right? And stillness, a lot of times, you know, I say that prayer is letting your needs and things like that be known and the desires of your heart and meditation is quieting your mind so that you're able to hear from God or from the universe, right? So that stillness, that mindfulness is something that's incredible. Um, Also like meditation, 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 I'm going to say meditation again, right? Um, Meditation is a practice. It's something that you become more used to. I don't think that it's something that you become better at because I don't think that the goal is to become great at meditation, but rather to consistently practice it, right? stilling the mind, making it quiet. Think about all of the things in which the mind consciously and subconsciously it it digests each and every day. Think about the different advertisements that you see, the different comments that people are making on a post, Thinking about, you know, as you're watching CNN and the images that you see, or even think about as you're entering into target and all of the different cells that you just have to take advantage of, right? Meditation, slowing down the mind, quieting everything else. And as things pop up, you know, it's attending to it and then coming back to it. And then along those lines, I would say just unplugging, unplugging, right? Right. No television, no social media, no emails, turn your phone on silent, no phone calls, no text messages, no group me, no WhatsApp, but completely unplug to be alone with oneself, with your feelings, with your emotions, right? And it not being predicated on someone else's influence over our thoughts, over our, our, our actions, but just completely unplug, right? Or maybe your thing might be journaling or doing a free write, right? You know, I'm not, I, I don't know what it is about the actual, maybe it's the, the terminology of journaling, I don't know. But as of the last couple of years, journaling has really been a task for me. So what I've done is I've downloaded this app called Penzu. I can either use it on my phone or I can use it on my laptop. And as opposed to like thinking of it as like journaling as this thing, oftentimes it's like I just use it as a way to like free write. Take out all of the things or the thoughts that are in my mind and putting it down on paper or, you know, in a cloud somewhere as Penzu is an online kind of journal app. Or I might just get a, one of those millions of cute notebooks that I have. <laughs> Girls, I know. I know how it is, right? You go into Ross, you go to Marshall's, TJ Maxx, and you find all of the cute journals that you just got to have in notebooks, Right. So take one of the the 100s um, that you may have, right? And just, you know, take all of those thoughts out of your head. Number one, it allows you to more easily manifest things, right? But number two, it also allows your mind to really relax. To take those things and those thoughts and ideas out of your head and onto paper is a game changer, So that is one way, right? To really create a wellness practice. So we have these toolkits that we often know, oh, you know, when I take a bubble bath, when I do a mindfulness walk, when I do a sound bath, or, you know, when I fill my belly with laughter, right? When I pull those tools and I actually use them, I'm creating a practice, A lot of times the reason why we may feel the way that we feel as it relates to anxiety, depression, you know, some other things that we may be experiencing, right, is because it's all in our head. It's not it's not being pulled out. We're not using the tools that we know to be effective in practicing them. When we create these practices, it allows this grounding to take place. So the next tool that I or step that I would suggest is to really minimize the stressors. (laughs) I think that I I probably did this to an extreme, um, but I I think that getting rid of of people, of things, of institutions, right, of systems, of tools, right, of clothes, all of the shit that just doesn't add value to your life and is just more stressful, Think about it like this. I'll give you an example. Um, If there is a person, maybe they're a family member that just drains the hell out of you every time that you're around them. Every time someone mentions their name, you like cringe, right? That person no longer needs to be a part of your life. Or you need to create boundaries so that you feel, you know, you're not feeling that sense of angst when you are around them. Or what about the people who, you know, might be the closest to you, but might be one of your biggest haters, right? Oh, but it's because we know them so well or they know us so well. Yeah, but sometimes the people that may be closest to you may be your biggest hater. So think about it. What things, people, or what have you that you can get rid of that will minimize the added stress? I used to think for a long time that I was the type of person that thrived in very fast paced companies or organizations, right? Super fast paced. I wanted to continue to, you know, I guess I got a a thrill out of it. And the reality is, is that over time, what it led to was burnout. I wasn't thriving. My health was deteriorating as a result of that. Fibroids, stress, right? Mental fog, anxiety, depression, all of that as a result of it being a stressful environment. And over the, the course of time, right? But this is something that I'm passionate about or that I feel really good at. Yeah, but is it, is it stressing you out? And if, I don't know if y'all know this, but stress will kill you. Right? So minimizing those stressors, creating boundaries, right? Man, listen, schedule, add time to your calendar for bathroom breaks. Add time to your calendar for an hour long lunch. And it doesn't matter if that lunch is at 2 o'clock, at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, whatever, right? Put that on your calendar. Otherwise, people can continue to add things to your calendar, right? Add those time blocks so that you can have that time. And allow that to be used to make sure that you're creating those boundaries of work or in just your everyday life. My mom always would say, "Um, you got to teach people how to treat you. Right. So in minimizing those stressors, you have to be articulating your needs. And often do not assume that people know both whether that you need support or how to support you. When I, you know, early on in 2020, when I was experiencing extreme anxiety, my husband, he's like the fixer type, right? He wants to fix things, makes wants to make sure that you're feeling better, whatever the case might be, he wants to fix it. And so for me, in experiencing the heightenedness um, of my anxiety, that was not helpful to me. I don't want you to fix me. What I want you to do is to listen to what I'm telling you that I need from you right? And adjusting your behavior accordingly so that we can both get through this together so that I can feel that I can lean on you for support. However, when you're trying to fix me, that doesn't make me feel supported, right? So articulate your needs and articulate them often. So the next tip or step that I would suggest is really take the time to identify a therapist and attend therapy, Okay. Listen, I know you're scared. You don't know what, what might come up and, you know, you're not really fond of sitting on somebody's couch, especially in the Rona and all that kind of stuff. We got a, a myriad of different excuses that we can make as to why, um, we can't go to therapy. Don't want to go to therapy. Right. But I, I feel like anybody that has grown and that has gone through something in their life, they can benefit through therapy, from therapy. Right. Again, you do not have to be in the middle of a crisis for your mental health to become a priority, or for you to take your butt to therapy. Right? Therapy changes lives, y'all. It really changes lives. There are different types of therapy and different modalities. Right? You've got talk therapy. You've got cognitive behavioral therapy. You've got some fancy stuff. I think it's called EMDR. Um, there are different types of therapy find you a therapist that works right I always strongly suggest that you know if there is something that you need to address immediately and you you don't have time to wait you feel like you need to talk to someone um, and you're currently working ask your company or your HR department about something called EAP what that is um, short for is the employee assistance program and essentially you are granted up to I think it may be four or five free therapy sessions and they will connect you with a therapist to provide you with some support. It's called the employee assistance program. I'll make sure that I drop that gem um, in the show notes. Um, But that's one tool to use. Another tool that I strongly suggest and that I've used personally is psychology today. Um, I've mentioned it before, but psychology today is great because um, you're able to do some real filters. You get to see the, you know, the different pictures of therapists, although I will say don't judge a therapist or yeah, therapists by the way that they may look. Instead, think about the things that are most important to you in a therapist. Are you someone who, you know, wants to specifically work on, let's say, you know, um, some transitions in your life, or maybe you want to work through some mommy or daddy issues, or you're dealing with extreme anxiety, or maybe you're dealing with some issues as it relates to like your marriage or your relationship. But you can filter and and you know Different therapists have different specialties, right? Uh, maybe you want a woman, maybe you want a man. Uh, maybe you want some spirituality to be woven into the context of the work that you do. Um, but you can have all different types of specialties and things like that that are important to you, and that is one platform that I would suggest. Another one is therapy for black girls. Um, they have a directory on their website. You're not able to filter as much, but hey, black women. I believe I've even seen a man or so um, on there, but it's a great platform. And I'll also leave in the show notes, a few other websites um, to suggest to find a therapist, particularly therapists of color. But identify a therapist, right? So what I always suggest for folks who are, you know, doing therapy for a first time, or maybe, you know, you're going in for another bout or round of therapy. I always suggest identifying like three to four therapists, reaching out to them um, via email or via whatever um, platform you may be using, like Psychology Today, and send messages to at least three to four. Um, I have a standard message that I tend to send. Um, I also have that that in the show notes, a link to that. I think that that's a really good resource to have. And essentially, just like you would go in for an interview and folks want to know more about you for a job, you're doing the same thing, right? 15 minutes, get to know that person a little bit, ask a little bit about what their specialty is. Um, What, you know, what are their methodologies that they use? Um, And so kind of get a real feel because, just like you are, you know, dating for the sense of companionship, ultimately you're dating, you know, a therapist so that you can become a better version of yourself and you can work through a lot of the experiences and traumas that you have had, those that are known and unknown, right? Or whatever the case may be that you have decided to access therapy, Um. So I would suggest that and speaking and setting up maybe 15-minute consultations with each of them. Um, And once you get a feel for their style, go ahead and set up an actual appointment, right? What I will also say is that be prepared to wait. Some therapists, you may not be able to get in with them at all, and they're booked out, you know, They're like, I I don't have any availability for this year, right? Um, Some therapists have waiting lists. If there's a therapist that you really, really want to, you know, connect with, right, get on the waiting list. But I'll also say that, you know, just because someone might sound incredible on a website doesn't necessarily mean they're as incredible in person. I'm going to just give that caveat. But also, you know, make sure that, you know, you, if it is a therapist that you go see them and you're like, I don't know if they're my person, it's okay to move on. Find someone else. And I will say that it's not necessarily an easy process because the first time in particular, when I was trying to access um, and find a therapist, it was really hard. I think I probably had gone to maybe about four to five um, until I found my one. And my one, my one therapist wound up being... Everything that I needed, and I never anticipated it coming from them, them being a male therapist, right? But Dr. Brown was the bomb, got me through a very dark time in my life, and I was able to move on and move to New York as a result and go to grad school. So, yeah, so at different points in your life, you know, it may call for different types of therapy and different types of therapists. So do your work, do the work that, that, that it takes to um, finally find a therapist and know that it's going to take work in order to get to a place of learning and unlearning and, you know, processing your things in therapy. The number one thing that I can strongly suggest is that you give a hundred percent, you know, it's like, if you are investing, you know, the time, the money and the resources to do this thing, why not give it a hundred percent? Because I'm going to tell it to you just like this, at the end of the day, therapists are going to get paid, right? Right. So if you want to get what you came to to get, and if that is healing, if that is processing some old stuff, if it is, you know, getting working through some of the, you know, um, confidence issues that you may have so that you can get a promotion at work, whatever it might be, be willing to do the work because it is work. And again, what I'll also say is that it might be some time until you get into that therapist's office. So if that is something that you immediately need support in, take a look at the EAP program at your job if you are currently working. And then lastly, what I will say, my, my fifth step is to really find something that grounds you. I'll say that one more time. Find something that grounds you. That something for me is Cooking. Anytime that I'm feeling like a creative block or if I'm frustrated, if I'm pissed off, if I'm just kind of feeling scatterbrained, if I've got a lot of anxiety, if I'm not feeling, you know, the best of moves, right, I go in the kitchen, I create, and it doesn't matter if it is, you know, a, a, a fantastic sandwich or if I'm making a five-course meal, right? It is something totally and utterly grounding and therapeutic about cooking for me. Um, It is my way of showing love through the food that I cook to my loved ones, right? But also showing love to myself and and finding that creative outlet um, that allows me to feel grounded. And so I'll just kind of recap what I've shared thus far. The number one thing, recognizing that your mental health needs to be a priority. Um, the next would be to really create a wellness practice for yourself that really works for you. Minimize those stressors that are in your life. If your man, your woman, your human, um, your job, your kids, whatever, if they stressing you out, right, create those boundaries. That's what they're there for. And then definitely identify a therapist and attend therapy. Therapy changes lives and it is one of the main things that I want to normalize. Most folks that you talk to and engage with should have gone or should be going to therapy. Yes, I believe that to be a true thing that they should be. Not that they are, but they should be. And then lastly, really find something that grounds you. It can be your faith. It could be cooking. It could be cleaning, singing. I don't know, right? You got to find that something, but that's something that you do that grounds you. I have an old coworker and dear friend. I call her my big cousin, Deneen. Um, She used to always say that I bend so that I don't break. She's a yogi. And so yoga is, you know, her thing, right? But it grounds you. So I I challenge you all to find that something that grounds you. Um, You are worth it. You are worth taking control of your mental health. Um, If you are going through a challenging time of your life right now, know that you can and that you will get through it. And know that if you have any questions whatsoever, you need to talk to somebody or you need a resource or what have you, know that you can always hit me up. I would love to hear from y'all, to be honest, you know, shoot me an email, you know, slide in my DMs. If you slide in my DMs, it might take me a minute to respond to you because, you know, I'm not really into the social media right now. I'm hiring someone, Um, but no, slide into my DMs, shoot me an email. Um, If you're one of the homies and you got my number, shoot me a text message right I would love to hear from you and I hope that this episode has been of value to you and I hope that it's something that you can share with someone else that you may know could benefit and so with that I'm out with love faith thank you so much for listening it is truly my hope that you both enjoyed and gained something from it and if so be sure to share this episode with another queen that could benefit also, if you are willing and able, please leave me a five star review wherever you consume your podcast. That is how we spread the good word, y'all. And in the meantime, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms at the Sister Circle Podcast. And be sure to check out the website, the Sister Circle There you can subscribe to our mailing list to ensure you get reminders about when new episodes drop. And receive our monthly newsletter that's filled with great resources. You can check out our show notes, resources, and blog. And you can send me a message if you want to be on the show, have an idea for the show, would like to collaborate, or sponsor the show. With love, Faith.